Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. Thanks for joining me. Before I jump into the 49ers Web Zone mailbag for this week and talk through some questions and my responses, I want you, if you wouldn't mind, to go and hit that uh, that that like button on the video and go hit that little bell on uh, on my YouTube page uh, to subscribe so that anytime that I go live, you'll know it immediately. And then if you're listening somewhere else, um, make sure that you rate, review, follow the 49ers Camelot Show. So wherever you watch or listen, we ask that you jump in and uh, give us a like, give us a rating, a review, all those kinds of things, a follow, subscription, whatever they call it, wherever you watch or listen, please do that. Uh, really helps us out. So let's get into the 49ers Web Zone mailbag. And uh, I know that uh, there are, I think the 49ers are practicing maybe right now. And I believe that I saw that Brock Purdy is practicing. So I'm not sure that uh, I think that he's allowed to practice right now when there's no defense on the field. And so when you're in the concussion protocol, I believe that, uh, uh, that he's maybe he's not able unless things have changed. I mean, coach Yak posted on Twitter the past 24 hours have been crazy. Went from hearing the news about Brock Purdy being in the concussion protocol to seeing him on the field 24 hours later. So I don't know if that means, uh, let me see if I can find out if he's been cleared to practice, uh, regularly. Um, I had not seen that today, so let me look. I'm uh, not really seeing anything, but I know that when you're in concussion protocol, like for a quarterback in Brock Purdy's situation, you can be on the field when there is no defense. And so when there is a defense, you're not allowed to be on the field. And so at that point, Brock Purdy would have to leave the field and Sam Darnold would come on to the field. So uh, let's see, Matt Mayoko, uh, looks like he wrote an article or something uh, on Brock Purdy's chances of playing Sunday. The fourth of five stages in the protocol is described as club-based non-contact training drills, whereas a player may participate in non-contact football activities such as throwing. So that's... That sounds like that's what he's doing right now. Um, he's not in a blue, no contact jersey. Uh, so, but I, I think that I think that this is because there's no uh, defense on the field. Um, Matt Barrows is saying no Trent Williams. Um, he was seen on the, on a side field working with a trainer, and of course no Debo Samuel. And so that is uh, that's unfortunate there, but we'll see what happens. What's up, Josh? Thanks for joining me, man. Saw Josh yesterday in the PSF app. He's always faithful, just like the 49ers fans. Faithful. Purdy back at practice, Josh said. Yeah, so that's good news, and hopefully he can play Sunday because the 49ers really need this one. They've lost two in a row. You don't want to lose three in a row then go into your bye, and then your next game is on the road in Jacksonville against a really tough team. And not only that, but Jackson Jacksonville is going to be pretty rested when the 49ers and, uh, and Jags play. 
So let's jump into the 49ers web zone mailbag and get to some of these questions. Um, here's the thing. And you'll learn this real quick. Whenever the 49ers lose, there are lots of questions and, and usually they're a little on the angry side. When the 49ers win, there's not as many questions. Um, so that's, uh, it's just a strange thing. Uh, I think that people just have to vent and get things off their chest. So here's the first question from Niner Jim. Is there an assistant coach who can replace Wilkes if he gets fired? And he should, is what he said. Well, I think that things would have to take a really bad turn for the 49ers to fire Steve Wilkes in the midst of the season. And by a really bad turn, I mean he'd have to have more plays like he had before halftime Monday night that would, uh, that, that caught, you know, that are just like head scratchers. And then not only that, but it, he would need to have his players start to turn on him, I think. Like he'd have to lose the defensive locker room. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen because Wilkes is a professional, he's a leader. And I don't think that it's going to get to that point. Plus, this locker room is full of leaders and great guys. And so I just don't think that uh, that this is the type of team that would have something like that happen. So I don't think that Steve Wilkes is going to be fired midseason. Uh, if he continues to have poor performances uh, throughout the season, then maybe after the season it'll happen. But uh, I mean, Kyle Shanahan did not did not hold anything back when he was asked um, about uh, what was this Wednesday? I think he was asked about the, uh, the play call right before halftime. And Shanahan said uh, that Wilkes knows that he screwed up. So he was not, uh, he was not uh, holding, holding anything back. Josh said, will not and should not. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, we all make mistakes. We all make, head scratching decision. So there's no way that Steve Wilk should be fired at this point. So Michelle asked, where is the defensive coordinator? So another Steve Wilk's question. There are a few of these, by the way, there were no adjustments during that whole game. They tore the defense apart. Yes. Purdy made mistakes, but with our so-called defense, we should be able to make some stops and carry him if we have to at time at times. Well, like nobody's going to argue that the 49ers defense was, was good Monday night. They were terrible. They weren't great against Cleveland, but they were even worse on Monday night. They were bad against the run in the first half. They, they couldn't stop, uh, couldn't stop the Vikings running game very well. Now, fortunately the Vikings kind of gave up on their running game, which I'm not sure why they would give up on their running game because they were having success, but I think they just found a lot more success in their passing game. And so that's what they were sticking with. And so I, I think that Steve Wilkes did make some adjustments. He just didn't make good ones. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it was kind of a bad game, but, uh, but you know, it, it wasn't a, a, a fireable offense. Josh said a lot of mixed missed plays with our studs. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. If you go and you look at, uh, if you go and you watch the film, a lot of the, uh, or if you go back and watch the telecast, you'll, you're going to see that a lot of the bad plays were from guys who don't normally make bad plays. And so some of the stars of the game. So 
So yeah, yeah, excellent point there. Uh, Omar asked, how do we get D'Amico Ryans back? <laughs> D'Amico Ryans is not coming back. He's a head coach in Houston now. He's not going to give up a head coaching position to come back to uh, the 49ers to be a defensive coordinator. The only chance that he comes back to the 49ers is if he just fails in Houston, gets fired, and is looking for a job. But right now, um, D'Amico's off to a good start. I mean, the Texans have an outside chance of making the playoffs. It's still early, but they're starting off pretty well. And so that's it's not going to happen. So we can just forget about D'Amico coming back. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ray asks, can we trade our <laughs> can we trade our defensive coordinator and head coach for ones that have a clue? <laughs> Dang, man, uh, this is a rough crowd. Like, I'm telling you, this is what it's like when the 49ers lose. So look, if Wilkes fails in San Francisco, nobody's going to want him. With the talent that he has on defense, if he flames out, then nobody's going to want him. And Kyle Shanahan just signed an extension, so he's not going anywhere. So it, don't don't be thinking that kind of stuff because you're not going to trade Kyle Shanahan. You're not going to you're not going to trade uh, Steve Wilkes because I mean nobody's really going to want him. If they would have wanted him, they could have hired him in the off season. Uh, see, Josh said especially when he got a stud at quarterback in Stroud. Yeah. Talking about uh, D'Amico there in Houston, yeah, man, what he's playing really well, uh, especially for a rookie. Uh, let's see, Wilkes is still only allowing a little over 15 points per game. Superb, and that's the thing is that the defense coming into the Cleveland game, everybody was talking about how great Wilkes was and how great Shanahan was and how great the 49ers were. And they have had two bad games. And look, I I don't know why that Cleveland game was so bad. 12 penalties, tons of missed tackles. Just it was just sloppy. I know it was raining, but the Browns played in it too. And and so I just think the 49ers the last two weeks have played down to their competition. That's not something that they need to do. I I really think that they're gonna come out on Sunday. And knowing that, look, even though Cincinnati's kind of started off poorly um, over the last couple of weeks, they have improved and have started looking like the Bengals team we expected them to be. And so I think the 49ers are going to come out knowing, hey, this is a really good team, and they're going to step their game up and be the better team that we expect them to be. So, all right, Scott asks, I know Purdy still has fewer than a full season of starts under his NFL belt, but given what he's shown from a scale of one to 10, how worried are you that he doesn't have the clutch gene some athletes are born with? I'm not worried about Brock Purdy at all. If I have to put a, uh, if I have to put a number on it, I would rate it maybe around a two. And I just think it's way too early to say that Brock Purdy's not clutch. We, we saw him last year go into that Seattle game when he had not practiced he had the oblique injury. He he went in, the division's on the line, and he came up big. Then he comes into the playoffs, his first playoff game. He started a little shaky, but ended up pulling off that one. In the next level against the, against the Cowboys, still not his best, but he still pulled it off. 
And then you go back to Cleveland and I mean, he had the team in field goal range uh, ready to win. If Jake Moody hits that field goal, which he should have done because I mean, he hit a 55 yarder on Monday night and, and that 55 yarder was good from, it was going to be good from more than 55 yards. And so I, I think that he is clutch. And one of the reasons that Brock Purdy hasn't, that we haven't seen how clutch he can be is that he's never behind except in the last two weeks. And so um, I think it's way too soon to, uh, to say that kind of stuff. So Josh said Bengals has an atrocious offensive line. They are better. Yeah. The, the previous few seasons, their offensive line was not good. Um, it's one of the reasons that they lost in the Super Bowl to the Rams. They just couldn't handle Aaron Donald and, and some of some of the other defensive linemen uh, that were rushing the passer, and so uh, so yeah, they uh, they are not uh, they're not the same Bengals offensive line. They're they're much better. All right, uh, next next question. Uh, this this is actually like a four part question from Jay. Why didn't so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer these one at a time because I think that'll be easier. Why didn't Kyle utilize his other running backs? Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I'd love to see Jordan Mason get used more. I want to see Christian McCaffrey used less. And uh, just it wasn't a good game. The 49ers only gained 65 yards on the ground, and that was on 22 carries. And 18 of those yards came on that Brock Purdy scramble. So they did not run the ball well at all. Elijah Mitchell had one carry for negative one yards and uh, Jordan Mason didn't even touch the ball. I don't even, I don't even think he hit the field um, with the offense. So I, I didn't like that. I, I'd like to see Jordan Mason play more. I just feel like he brings something different that, uh, that Mitchell and uh, McCaffrey don't. Um, gosh, I just realized that it's Mitchell, McCaffrey Mason. So uh, all M's, I never realized that before, but, um, uh, sorry, I'm amused by small little things that nobody cares about, but I, I just think that Mason brings something different. He runs hard and there are times like in that Cleveland game and like in the Minnesota game where I think that a hard, tough running, uh, tough running back that uh, punishes people may have been just what the doctor ordered. So, uh, so I'm not sure why. In fact, McCaffrey played every single offensive snap for the 49ers. And, and that was with the oblique injury, a uh, slightly torn oblique. And, uh, you know, Josh said, personally, I'm done with the Mitchell experience. He's not been good this year. Last year when he was healthy, he was good. He came in and gave a spark, but he was never healthy. The year before, when he was a rookie, he was really good. But yeah, when he's played this year, he just hasn't been very good. Uh, here's Jay's next question. Uh, let's see. Why no use of Ronnie Bell? Well, I think that Ronnie Bell obviously did play on special teams, but he didn't play on offense. I don't know if he played at all but they certainly didn't use him much. And the only thing that I can think of is that they're just not happy with how he blocks. That's, that's gotta be the, the issue. Um, because I can't think of any other reason he can catch the ball. He's, 
he, he's, he's steady with the ball. He can make plays happen after the catch. And, you know, in that Giants game, they used him a lot. He scored a touchdown, had his first catch, his first touchdown. And so it, it has to be a blocking thing. With Kyle Shanahan, he wants his running backs to be able to pass protect. Um, he wants his wide receivers to be able to block in the running game. And um, if you don't do that and you're a running back or a wide receiver, you're not going to see um, you're not going to see uh, the field very much. Uh, the next J question is, uh, let's see, why is it we are failing to get pressure from the front four with Bosa? This is a mystery. I really don't know. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the defensive line in the next question, but uh, that is uh, that is a good question. And his last question is, is it time for a gold comeback? So listen, if the 49ers didn't bring back Robbie Gold after Jake Moody missed the game winner, they're certainly not bringing him back the after the game in which J, uh, Jake Moody hit a 55-yarder. They never would have attempted that 55-yarder with Robbie Gold. So if Jake Moody's going to miss some field goals. I mean, go back and watch some of the uh, – Mike Kofer was a rookie – for the 49ers during, uh, let's see, this would have been, it, this was in the 80s. So during some of those Super Bowl seasons, Mike Kofer, go look that up. He was a 49ers kicker. He was a rookie. He missed kicks. They still went on and won the Super Bowl. In 94, they had a rookie kicker, Doug Bryan. He missed some kicks. It happens, especially with rookies. So don't get too caught up in, we need Robbie Gold back. He wouldn't have missed that that 40-yard field goal, 41-yard or whatever it was. I'm sure he wouldn't have, but uh, he also isn't hitting a 55-yarder. And think about this. If, if Robbie Gold was that special right now, then why is he still without a job? I mean, every NFL team has a chance to sign him, but nobody has because it seems like nobody really thinks that he can help them that much. So that's how I see it. Nothing against Robbie. I love Robbie Gold, but uh, I just I think that the, that page has turned. So Josh has a question. How are you feeling about Drake Jackson's lack of development? Team seems to be shying away from him more and more. Right now, Drake Jackson is not good. He had three sacks in the first game in Pittsburgh, but if I remember right, all three of those sacks came as a result from pressure that maybe Hargrave uh, or Bosa or Armstead kind of pushed his way or Cleland Furl. Cleland Furl was really good that game. And so I think uh, I think that those he was just in the right place at the right time. Now, he did what he was supposed to do, but he's kind of doing what he did last year where he started off really hot and then kind of faded away. I just, like, Monday night, he got put on the ground by a backup tight end. I just don't think that you want an edge rusher being being pushed around by a backup tight end. They signed Randy, Randy Gregory, and so far, Gregory's been playing more. I know that everybody's saying they're splitting reps. They're not splitting them very close. I mean, Randy Gregory's playing more considerably more than uh, than Drake Jackson. So I am very disappointed because 
he came into training camp and he was ripped and he looked like he was in great shape and, uh, and, and said, look, I know that I wasn't in shape last year. I wasn't physically prepared for a full NFL season and uh, I'm here and I'm ready. And it's been super disappointing because the guy's a freak. I mean, physically he's a freak. And so he's just not putting it together right now. And that's super disappointing uh, because I like Drake Jackson and I hope that he turns it around, but right now uh, it's disappointing. Uh, let's see. Donald asked what is happening to the defensive line and how can it be fixed? Well, that is the million dollar question. If I could tell you exactly what's wrong and how to fix it, then they probably would get rid of, uh, of Steve Wilkes and bring me in, but I don't know. It, to me, if I had a guess on what's wrong with them, it's that in seasons past, in the recent seasons, they had really good backup players, like players that are now starting, you know, whether it's uh, Charles Amenahu or Arden Key, um, guys like that, uh, Jordan, uh, Jordan Willis, um, Samson Ebucom, they had guys like this, uh, DJ Jones, who they would rotate in. And so even when the starters went out and the reserves came in, it wasn't a huge drop-off. And so because they were able to constantly bring these guys in over and over, it wore out offenses. But they've lost a lot of those guys over the last two or three years. And as a result, um, it just they don't have the depth the quality depth that they used to. They may have the numbers, but they don't have the quality of, uh, of backups that they used to. I mean, J, uh, Javon Kenlaw, he started off the season you know, like gangbusters, man. He was, I, I remember saying, look, he's right where he needs to be. I, I hope that they can find a way to bring him back. He's, he's starting to disappear. And uh, Drake Jackson, that's another, we just talked about him. Um, so, they're, they're not coming through. Kevin Givens has flashed, and so I like some of the things that I've seen from him, uh, but it, it just hasn't been enough. And so that, uh, that concerns me uh, for sure. But the thing is, you can't pay everybody. So you have to, you, you can't keep Arden Key and Charles Amenahu and guys like that. Um, uh, you know, you even go back to Kerry Hyder Jr., who in 2020, led the 49ers in sacks, and then he left and went to Seattle. He came back to the 49ers in 2022 and never was really that that player that he was in, in, two, in 2020. So uh, it's hard to say, but Josh said, I remember Ryan's moving Bosa around to find good matchups. Haven't seen that much this season from Wilkes. Yeah, I I mean I've seen him moving around some, but but you you could be right. He may not be moving as much as he uh, has uh, under D'Amico. I'm not really sure. I haven't I, I haven't paid much attention to where he he lines up. So I know it seemed like early on in his career he was primarily over the left tackle. Now he lines up a lot over the right tackle. Um, so. I, I'm sure they're tr- doing that some, but maybe not as much. Uh, so uh, let's see. Back to the questions. All 49ers UK asked, Mark, if you were in Lynch's shoes, who would you try to sign before the trade deadline? Well, I have four positions that um, 
that I've ranked in order of which ones I would do. And first on the list is edge rusher. I don't know earlier in the season if I would have picked this position, but now for sure, I'm glad they brought in Randy Gregory, but I just don't think he's the guy who's going to put them over the top. I mean, for me, like Brian Burns would be great, but I think he's going to take a King's ransom to get in draft picks. He's going to be expensive. Um, And so I would say uh, Chase Young, or as Josh said, Montez Sweat, those would both be really good options. If they could get Chase Young or Montez Sweat, or if somehow they did get Brian Burns, you're talking Bosa, Hargrave, Armstead, and now one of these guys, man, they would, that pass rush, I, I think I think that would really shoot some, some energy into this pass rush. I think it's what they need because y- y- you look at how Charvarius Ward and Diamador Lenore um, weren't at their best on Monday night. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they're the, that the pass rush just wasn't good. And so I think that this is the best thing it would be if they brought in a really good pass rusher. It's going to not only make the pass rush better, it's going to make the secondary better, and that's going to be good. So the next thing I had on here was cornerback. And I think that um, before Monday night, I would have said corner, um, but more of like a, more, more of like a backup kind of like a depth thing. And that was, that would be so that Ambry Thomas doesn't have to play. <laughs> um, but after watching Ward and Lenore struggle, and even Isaiah Oliver had his moments. And, and a lot of that, again, that was mainly because of the pass rush. Um, and, and that, that call before, before halftime, um, when, uh, when uh, Wilkes brought, I think like a seven or I think I think he brought like seven rushers after Kirk Cousins and only left like four in coverage, and so that was just that 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 was a bad call, and so he kind of left his secondary out to dry there. Um, but uh, maybe some, I mean, Patrick Sertan would be the dream, but he's going to be enormously expensive. He's going to cost a lot. And so I don't think that they'll go that route, just like I don't think that they'll go a Brian Burns route. Uh, maybe somebody like Adoree Jackson, uh, Jalen Johnson, Troy Hill, some of these guys um, would uh, be good options. My third one was right tackle. Um, I still don't completely trust McKivitz and I'm, and I am also nervous that Trent Williams is already missing games. And so if you could get somebody like Garrett Bowles, who I know is a left tackle, but maybe he could come in and play right tackle. And then if Trent misses, then maybe he could move over to left tackle. I don't know how easy that is for these guys, but um, to me, it just seems like uh, uh, seems like that would be a good option. And then defensive tackles, the last one, the 49ers defense needs to be better at stopping the run. They've they've not been good at it the past two games. They're currently ranked 23rd in EPA per play and in success rate. So if they had somebody like DJ Jones, um, you know, in, in a situation like that, they probably would put DJ Jones um, in uh, maybe where Armstead's at and move Armstead out um, in base downs 
uh, move him out to the uh, to the edge. And then the, it's kind of what they did in 2019 um, when uh, Eric Armstead would play on the edge on base downs and then on obvious passing downs, D Ford would come in, which Josh wrote uh, still missing that speed guy like D Ford hundred percent. Yes. Um, and so then when that happened, then Armstead would move inside. And so if they brought somebody like DJ back, then I think that maybe that's what they would do. Uh, but uh, I think DJ Jones might be injured right now. So I kind of doubt that they'll go with him. But somebody who can stuff the run would be a good option if you're not going to go one or the other. Um, all right, 49ers for Life asked, who do you think will be the player that steps up their game and helps the team the most after the bye week? I know we still have a game, but hopefully we get some people back and maybe add someone by that time. Well, certainly I would expect Charvarius Ward and Yamador Lenore to step up. I think a pass rusher needs to step up. Bosa himself needs to step up. And he even has admitted that he hasn't been as good. He said, he said that that holdout um, has affected him. And so I think that he would be another, another Brock Purdy. I think he needs to regroup and come back um, two picks in the fourth quarter. Uh, now that concussion may have played a part in that. So uh, I think that's very possible. Um and so uh, Josh said Hufanga has been quiet. Yeah, he has been. He's He was a big playmaker last year, and he hasn't uh, hasn't been that way. But one thing to, to note is that the trade deadline is less than a week away, uh, obviously. And if the 49ers make a move, then whoever they pick up um, – should I mean should be good to go by that uh, that Jacksonville game. So uh, so if it is somebody, especially if it's somebody who who really can make an impact on the team, they should be able to make a, a quick impact. A uh, few questions left. Justin, <laughs> this one's interesting. Justin wrote, "We stink. I'm so done with people trying to say Brock Purdy is good. He can't win from behind." and needs all these weapons and play calling to win. He's not the guy, and we need to realize that. So, Justin, is that a question? <laughs> because it seems like an angry statement. <laughs> it, look, it's way too early to give up on Brock Purdy. I'm guessing Justin's probably one of those people who was saying that Trey Lance is a bust, even though he had only played like 10 quarters in his NFL career and and people were already saying he was a bust. You can't be a bust after 10 quarters. And I and Brock Purdy, he can't be he can't already be no good after the limited time that he's played. And so um I just think that he's uh he's going to have some bad games. So uh don't give up on Brock yet. I think that he's going to be he's going to be fine. He's uh I mean one of the things that he said is that he can't win from behind, but I already mentioned this that he almost did in Cleveland. So he hasn't, uh, he just hasn't had those opportunities because the 49ers have been so good. So they're not behind very often. Cal asked, uh, Purdy passes starting to go wild. Wonder if his elbow is bothering him. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I mean, we've heard nothing about that. So I just think that, um, in Cleveland, I just, I just, maybe he doesn't throw a, a, a wet ball very well. So, um, Jack 
asked uh, uh, CMC had 15 rushes for 45 yards and people are focused on Brock Purdy. Seems to me that there are five guys on the O-line who got beat pretty badly. How is Kyle going to address this? Well, yeah, the offensive line wasn't great. I felt like uh, they, they didn't they didn't run block at all on uh, Monday night. They were bad at that. I felt like in the first half, they weren't too bad um, in pass protection. But just as the second half went on, um, they, they got worse. So every offensive lineman gave up at least one pressure. Well, actually, they, they all gave up one pressure except for McKivitz, who had six, and he's the one that gave up the sack. So, and to me, the pressure seemed to be bothering uh, Brock. I I thought that initially that that's why he threw the two picks, that he was feeling the pressure and that he just made a couple of bad decisions. And so I think it was either that or the concussion, but either way, it didn't help that Trent Williams wasn't playing. So you could put Trent Williams on any offensive line and his absence is going to be felt. So, um, Last questions from Michael. Everyone keeps saying Purdy isn't elite or can't do it when we don't have all the pieces and weapons. Maybe Kyle is who can't do it when we don't have all our pieces and weapons. If someone is missing, that's usually when we struggle, it seems. Kittle's usage needs to be up more. Do you feel this is more on Kyle not having everyone instead of blaming others? Here's an interesting thing that I saw from Josh Dubow uh, from the Associated Press. Here's what he wrote. Uh, 49ers fall to 0-36 under Kyle Shanahan when trailing by eight-plus points in the fourth quarter in regular season or playoffs. Niners have lost 37 straight in all in that scenario. Only the Panthers have a longer streak at 45 straight. That's a horrible statistic, and... I don't, uh, that's concerning. I don't like seeing that. And so it does kind of ask, uh, ask the question, is Kyle Shanahan the one who, um, who can't, who doesn't have that, that clutch gene or is it his quarterbacks? And so I, I don't, I think that Kyle Han, Kyle Shanahan is clutch. I, I don't think that he, I'm not one of those guys that thinks that he can't handle the big game and that he folds under the pressure, but until he proves that he can be that guy, um, it, people are still going to question this and they're going to ask those questions and statistics like what I just read from, uh, from Josh Dubow, um, are, are going to be thrown out there and, um, and, 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 we'll continue to be concerned by those things. But, um, Hey, that's all that I have. Again, uh, please take a minute, uh, to like the video and to, um, to subscribe, to rate, review, follow wherever you're watching or listening. Appreciate everybody. And, uh, maybe back in tomorrow, uh, to do a little bit of preview of the uh, Bengals game, but we'll see. Uh, if not, uh, I'll be live on the PSF app with Anthony Robertson of 49ers Cutback um, on Sunday during game time. See ya.